Praise the Lord. You're welcome to today's session of the 14 Days Word Seminar. And I would like us to pray, say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Holy Spirit of God, thank you because your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you. As the word of God multiplies in us, Lord, we see your grace working in an extraordinary way in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, you're welcome one more time to today's session of the 14 Days Word Seminar. And I believe strongly that God's word is going to increase in our lives. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 12, verse number 24, that the word of God multiplied. It said, but the word of God grew and multiplied. In verse 25, it says, and the number of disciples uh, were multiplied. Now, Acts chapter 6, verse 7 also says the same thing that the word of God multiplied. So the number of disciples multiplied, which means at every given point in time, when the word of God multiplies in the life of a man, the results also multiplies. I want to remind all of you who used to join us during the lockdown period that I used to share the word of God every night for about three months, four months. And even though we were locked down for about five months, I was sharing the word of God with the church constantly for that period of time. Guess what happened? Right after we came out of lockdown, the church prospered and flourished as though we were never in lockdown. Why? Because anytime the word of God comes to God's people, there is a transformation. And that transformation might not be seen at that time, but something is actually going on in their spirit. He says, and the word of God multiplied, multiplied or increased. Said the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Bible says that in the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So when the word of God multiplies in a place and the word of God grows in a place, that God's grace increases in that place. Grace and peace will multiply unto you through the knowledge of God. So what we are doing these 14 days is a major thing. He said that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. He says, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering to his rest, any of you should come short of it. Therefore, unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Remember yesterday, I'm just trying to do a quick recap of yesterday so that we can take off from there. Remember what the, the man of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, some say it's Paul, some say it's not Paul. But that's scripture. He says, that unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not be mixed with faith. That means God's word is not automatically set up to happen. You know, there are some people who receive probably a prophetic word. Lord speaks to them and says, this is going to happen in your life. That's going to happen in your life. And none of those words ever come to pass. Because those words are supposed to be mixed with faith. 
The same way, everything that God has said in his word concerning you is supposed to be your life experience. But it can only happen by the agency of faith. It can only happen by the agency of faith. So, we look at the possibilities that the word of God offers us. And those possibilities that the word of God offers us can only happen because I said yesterday that it is faith that gives us access to the things of God. Spiritual verities, the grace of God, divine healing, divine protection. It is our faith that gives us access into the things of God. Now before we even come into the definitions of faith, I told you before, I said faith is more than trust. In the New Testament, faith is more than trust. It goes beyond trust. But we look in the scripture, he says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word did not profit them, not be mixed with faith. So these people could not make it into the promised land because there was a missing factor. That the word of God that was shared with them, God telling them that he was taking them from Egypt into a promised land, was supposed to be mixed with faith. So we look into the scripture and the issues that God had with them. Number one, I mentioned yesterday, that they look back and went back to Egypt in their hearts. Acts chapter 7, verse 39. Stephen made an argument. He said, to whom our fathers would not obey, but trust him from them. And in their hearts, turn back again into Egypt. So what are we looking at? We are looking at the things that corrupt faith. Before we start looking at the things that make your faith potent, we are looking at the things that corrupt faith. The things that corrupt faith. Now, I'm speaking to um, people who, you know, this word seminar primarily, I'm holding it for people who have been in church, who are in church, who want to see the word of God work in their lives. For someone who is not born again, he needs salvation. He doesn't need a word seminar. He doesn't need advice. Someone who is not born again does not need advice. He doesn't need the word of God. What he needs is to be saved. After he's saved, then the word of God can be shared with him. You know, the word of God concerning his conduct. What we preach to them is the gospel and they give the gospel of salvation and they get saved. After they get saved, we preach to them the gospel of the kingdom. Then they know how to maneuver in the kingdom. So we look at the scriptures and we are finding out the things that held these people backward. The things that did not allow these people to enjoy everything God said, they will enjoy in the word of God. Everything God said to them, the promise he made to Abraham. That he would take these people to a promised land. A land that flows with milk and honey. This book will not enter. Paul said that the varying factor was that it was not mixed with faith. So yesterday, I gave you a scripture. I showed you a scripture in the book of Haggai. Where God said, that you eat, you, you, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you are not enough, but have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe ye, but there's none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages and to put into a bag with holes. Hmm. That means sometimes it is not how many times you are going to church. You have to check certain foxes that are spoiling the vine. 
It's not how much more Bible you are reading. You have to check certain things that are corrupting your faith. And the Word of God has made it clear to us what those things are. So before we start talking about what faith is, let's look at what faith is not. The things that are eating up the faith of many Christians. Stopping them. There are certain things that you do that stop you. Like I showed you yesterday in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So, let's look at it again. Number one, I said they turned back to Egypt in their hearts. What is the significance of looking back? Looking back spiritually is a very, is a very, is a very uh, powerful thing. It's a serious matter. Let me put it that way. Luke chapter 9 verse 62. Jesus Christ spoke. He said, no man. Who put his hand to the plow and turns back and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Do you still miss the things you were doing in the world before you got born again? Do you still miss them? You still miss them. You're looking back into Egypt in your heart. Oh, that reminds me of the scripture. Where Jesus or, or Solomon said, a double-minded man cannot receive anything from God. One leg in the kingdom, one leg outside the kingdom. What's your explanation? Give unto God what belongs to God. Give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So in your mind, giving unto God means play gospel music in the morning. And give unto Caesar means in the evening you can watch porn. So you have given unto God what belongs to God. You are giving unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. He said, that man, he said, a double-minded man is a stumble in all his ways. He said, in verse 9, he said, let uh, uh, he said that, that man, the one who had, is, is double-minded, he said, let, let him not think that he will receive anything of God. Let him not think he will receive anything of God. Go to um, Hebrews chapter 6 again, verse 12. He says, that ye be not slothful. He said, don't be lazy. He said, but followers of them you know following requires some sort of whole devotion when the bible talks about following he is referring to whole devotion you you cannot you cannot follow god or follow a man of faith and still have another agenda 
if you want to follow God, it will require whole devotion because you are following means you can easily miss the person. So it requires whole heart, whole devotion. You have no second agenda. And these things are, they are just, they are decisions away. They are decisions away. You, you, you can wake up one morning and say, you know, from today, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I, 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 I'm walking away from this path. I'm going to this path by the help of the Holy Spirit. Because looking back, he said, anyone in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, he said, no, he said, no man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. Jesus has defined fitness here. He's looking at people who put their hand to the plow and look back. He said those people are not fit for the kingdom. I want us to take some time to pray. At least two to three minutes. Go to pray. Lord, help my focus. It's one of the work of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help my focus. Help my focus. Help my focus. I want to be focused on you, God. Help my focus, Lord. You are my helper, Holy Spirit. You are my helper, Holy Spirit. You are my helper, Holy Spirit. I help in my focus. Sura makeroboko jagabradista sakaproka poda. She barababa sandara kasuka tari baba yendeke sokata. Hallelujah. what I shared in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 he said by be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise go to Psalm 63 verse 8 he said my soul followeth hard after thee David is talking to God in verse 7 he started, said because thou hast been my help Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. In verse 8, he said, My soul followeth hard after thee. When he says, My soul followeth hard after thee, he's talking about my emotions, my mind, my being, my inner being. My emotions are, are geared toward you, Lord. Not one leg in the world and one leg with you. My soul followeth hard after thee. My soul followeth hard after thee. So that was the first one we talked about. People who look back. Their faith doesn't work. People who look back, their faith does not work. There's something faulty with their faith. Because they are double-minded. I'll show you something in the book of Genesis chapter 49. where Jacob began to bless his sons. 
So Jacob begins to bless his sons and he starts with Reuben. I'll start from verse 3. So he begins with Reuben, who is the firstborn. He says, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. What a guy. What a guy. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Reuben is... Jacob's first son. Now, if you know about the, the law of the double portion, when you were firstborn in Israel, it's a big thing. It's a big thing to be a firstborn. So, Reuben was the firstborn, and it was such a huge thing. He was going to be um, uh, receiving the blessing from Jacob. Was after Reuben lived his life, Jacob is about to die, he begins to bless him. What's, what's Jacob going to see about Reuben? What's, what's Jacob going to say about Reuben? He looks at verse 4 and says, Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Unstable. He said, the guy is unstable as water. He said, because of that, he will not excel. Stable as water. Today is in church. Sunday say he's washing. The other one they say he's washing. Unstable as water. Unstable. David said, My soul followeth hard. Following hard. Cell meeting, you are there. Cell outreach, you are there. Midnight meetings, you are there. Dawn prayers, you are there. Stable. Unstable will never excel with God. Number two, he said they were complainers and memories. First Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 1, he said, Moreover, brethren, I would know that you be ignorant how that all our fathers, now these same guys he's talking about, were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. But they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that was Christ. He said, But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples. To the intent we should not last that evil thing as they also lasted. Now go to verse, verse 10. Neither memory ye as some of them also memored and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, some people asked me a question yesterday in my in my WhatsApp. They asked, so sir, so those who um on on the internet, you know, say there's no sound. There's no, is that also complaint? No, that does not qualify to be called. You are telling us the state of things so that we can work on it. That's not complaint. So if it's not right, if you don't say it, we'll never know it. And things are not going well, you don't say we'll never know it. Because that one is solution driven. But I'm talking about people who murmur. 
You know, to murmur means you are. It's not coming out. You know, it's, it's different from us. You are in church and say, I cannot hear you. So I have to maybe work on the microphone so that you can hear me. That's different. You are not murmuring. You are, you are telling me this is what the issue is over here. Then we work on it. But to murmur means you, you, are, not, you are not speaking loudly. You are speaking it inside you. You are speaking it inside you. And you are complaining inside Complaining. There are people who murmur. Always murmuring. And uh, the church is this, and the church is that, and they only recognize those who are giving. Who should we recognize? When you got money, you went to a mutual. What a mutual joint. Someone saved what he could have used to the same dimension. And the person gave it. Why should we not recognize him? It's like you don't know the scriptures. When God sees a powerful giving, he recognizes it. Like Jesus Christ recognized the widow's might. But Jesus Christ recognized even the small giving. No, that woman's giving was not small. That woman's giving was not small because Jesus Christ said, the rich people gave out of their abundance. This woman gave everything she had. So if the rich people too gave everything they had, they would have recognized by Jesus Christ. So it was not the, how much they had given to God, it's how much they were keeping from God that Jesus was commenting on. We will continue to recognize givers. We will continue to recognize soberness. We will not recognize anybody who is not doing anything. Because that is even evil. I recognize someone who is not doing anything. So if you want to be recognized, do something. Jesus was going to raise a dead person. Then a centurion man came. He said that his servant is sick. Jesus did not mind the woman. I mean, Jesus did not mind the, the, the centurion. Then they said, ah, Jesus, this man has built a synagogue for us. So immediately, Jesus Christ left the dead person he was going to raise and follow the centurion. Because he realized that this man has built a place for us. Jesus does not joke with givers. God does not joke with givers. Remember the lady with the alabaster box. Let me tell you this. When you murmur, especially about things like giving, you never have money to give will chase the grace away. Because when you murmur about giving, you know what you are doing? You are acknowledging your inability. You are acknowledging your inability. It's just like Peter. I remember when I was telling the story yesterday, I remember the, the story Jesus Christ gave me in explaining to me why I should never speak against giving. I'm about to be broke like that. Peter, by faith, began to walk with Jesus. The Bible says, then he began to observe the waves. The, look, the thing is that eh, the moment you begin to 
complain. The, the moment you begin not to walk in faith, that moment, the same moment you begin to sink. The same moment. Now, we might not see that you are sinking, but later we we'll realize that, ah, this guy has sunk. Oh, this guy has sunk. What you didn't know is that the moment you began to sink was the exact day you began to complain. Now, are we the only givers? Am I the only giver? Why every time, every time? Say, oh, we'll stop calling you. No, 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 no. I am able to do anything. I have ability for all things. I have ability for all things. I have ability for all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's how you respond. We'll go to the third point since I've done talked about yesterday. So let's do the third one. They had a weak collective soul. I'll explain that. They had a weak collective soul. Egypt weakened them. Slavery weakened them. I'll show you something, Numbers 13, verse 32. Go to Numbers chapter 13, verse 32. And they brought an evil report. Now, the reason I'm saying is a weak collective soul is because Moses picked 12 people. Now, imagine they are going to the promised land and Moses decides to pick 12 people. I'm sure he's picking the best of his people. So, the people there mirror the whole congregation. I want you to understand it. It's like, um, if Pastor B comes and says, you know, give me 12 people. I'm going to pick 12 leaders. People I trust who probably think like me or talk like me. I'm going to pick them 12 leaders why because the people I will select over there are a representation of all the congregation so these 12 people he picked he said they brought up an evil report of the land now hold on check something Joshua and Caleb did not bring an evil report, but 10 of them brought an evil report. Ladies and gentlemen, it matters where you go to church. It matters who your fellowship leader is. It matters who your fellowship, it matters. Some people say, oh, salvation is personal and denominations don't matter. It's a lie. Where you go to church matters. Who you listen to, it matters. The church you are in, it matters. Why? 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 Go to the book of Revelations. You will see the assessments that God began to make. He was making group assessments. He said, unto the church of Sardis. He said, you have stayed. Who is there you have stayed? Probably it's just uh, 70% of the congregation. Probably there are some people who have not stayed themselves. Probably some people who are actually not part. But God looks at the collective soul of the church. No matter where you go to church. You know, some people say, you know, 
you go to your church. Why are you inviting me to come to my, my why are you inviting me to come to your church? You know, like they say, um, Christmas people don't just win souls. They should go and win souls. No, there is soul winning and there is soul transfer. They are all in the Bible. Soul transfers in the Bible. Jesus Christ took the, the souls of John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist's ministry had finished and Jesus Christ was starting. So Jesus, knowing that his ministry is not what is now relevant to God, said that, yeah, John the Baptist was, he said they should follow him. Why? Because sometimes when you listen to some people's communication and where they are, they are, they are going to church, when you listen to their communication, where they are going to church, you know that they must be transferred. You are going to church every Sunday, but when you talk, you say, I don't know what's happening to my life. I don't know. You must be transferred. You must be transferred. Are you saying some churches are not good? I've not said that, but I will transfer you. Say, God is everywhere. Every church, every church. It's not true. It's not true. The same syllabus of all JSS people is the same in every school. But why did you choose the school you went to? It's not the same syllabus. Same syllabus. Why? Because your teachers matter. The school environment also matters. They affect the syllabus at the end of the day. So no churches are the same. So unapologetically, we transfer souls. I'm not apologetic about it. You know, some people say, eh, now we don't even know whether people are winning souls for Christ or winning souls to their church. We are doing both. We are doing the two. We are, we are winning the souls for the church and we are also winning it for the Christ. Right? I cannot win a soul and tell the soul to go to any Bible-believing church. He is a soul. He doesn't know a Bible. If he's a soul, he doesn't know Bible. So how will he, he now go to a Bible-believing church? How do I now trust someone who just born and got born again to choose a church? So, yes, we will transfer there are certain religious statements. They are religious statements. They, they think, people think that this is a spiritual statement. We don't know whether people are now winning their souls to their church or they are willing to cry. It looks like you have said something wise. It's a very stupid statement. Which mother will give birth to a child and say that the child should now be looking for a mother-believing woman? No one will look for any mother-believing woman. Once I believe... And I trust that God's word has been changing lives where I church. If I win a soul, he's following me. Because that's where I can track his growth. That's where I can check how he's growing. Until he becomes like me, talks like me, preaches like me, and is passionate like me. And I know that, yes, I have completed the whole cycle of winning souls. Winning souls is not just getting people to say the salvation prayer. That is good, but they must be discipled. And how am I going to be sure the person is being discipled? By leaving him to go to another church. I will not do it. I beg you. I will not do it. We will win the soul. The soul will follow us to church. If for some reason the soul has traveled somewhere and there's, there, there's no church I can trust about there, then maybe I can tell, okay, you can go to this other church. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Once the person is close to me, the person is following me to my church. Because these people, look at this, and they brought an evil report. Now, what Egypt weakened the boys. It weakened these men. It weakened them so much. They were so much thinking like slaves to the example, to the fact that they were so full of fear that when they saw the giant, they said, hey, because you see, they had been traumatized by the lashes in Egypt. 
they had been traumatized by the slavery in Egypt that they, they could not think of winning a war. Remember that Bible says that God knew a road that was 11 days to the promised land. But God did not want to raise weaklings, so it was better for God to take them through a 40-day journey than to take them through an 11-day journey. Because if God, you know, some of you think magically, like, God should just make it happen for me. There are many things that you are praying God should make happen for you that you will never make it happen for you. You will go and use a back road. You will go and use a longer road. Because on the longer road, you will see things. On the longer road, things will happen. You will feel like giving up and you see a miracle. Then you trust God. Then you move. Then at the end of the day, by the time you now get the thing God said you will get, you are a full package. But no, you are just looking for... God should just lift you, lift me, Lord, lift me, Lord, without going through any due process, without, you know, without your faith being tested, without things happening, without you winning wars of faith. No, you just want just to enter destiny like that. It's not like that. It doesn't happen like that. It's called the mystery of the unfamiliar road. It's an unfamiliar road. Ah, Joseph. Joseph saw a dream. He said, my father has bowed down to me. My, my, my siblings have bowed down to me. After he saw it, I, it's like dreams and visions. When God tells you, hey, you, you will be a prophet. The next day, the guy is in town. He's trying to be a prophet. <laughs> An antelope will catch you, I'm telling you. <laughs> just because you just got born again, someone prophesied that you'll be a prophet. The next thing, the guy is on the street. Guy, let me tell you something. To a place that there are many mountains. Sometimes you see one mountain, then you see another mountain behind it. It looks as though, oh, that mountain is just behind it. I'm showing you something about the prophetic. It's as though that second mountain is just behind it. No, when you go and travel, you realize that there's a distance between the first mountain and the second mountain. It's a very, now, in prophesying, that's how you sometimes see certain things. Because God is a prophetic God, he speaks about the end from the beginning. So it looks as though, oh, God said, you're going to be a, a mighty this. Then it looks as though the next day is going to happen. You're welcome. <laughs> you will now start it, the, the process. It will be as though God never told you. You now be wanting. Because imagine what Joseph will be thinking in, 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 in prison. Ah, what happened to my dream? What happened to my dream? What happened to my brother? You know, it even got to a time he, he has, the brothers have showed him he has lost. So where will the brothers now bow down to him? How would it now happen? Because now his brothers have separated from him. He knows that my brothers are in Israel. I am in Egypt. So now there is no hope. There is no hope that the dream that I dreamt will ever come to pass. In Potiphar's house. Framed by Potiphar's wife. Now, he was even walking further and further. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now hold on. If you look at something like um, the blessing, you say that, oh, how, how are people blessed? Oh, when pastor lays hands on me, I'll be blessed. When I hear the word of God, I'll be blessed. Look at the mighty uh, things that we are talking about when we talk about the blessing. Big things that happen when you know your prayer. But over here, David is bringing something to our mind. He said, it's not only laying hands that bring blessing. No. There are certain things that also stop blessing. 
So some blessings might never manifest if these things are there. Remember, we are talking about their collective soul. That's their, their, their general mindset. He said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So the first one, now this and still under number three. So you put I, counsel of the ungodly. Counsel of the ungodly. What's the counsel of the ungodly? The counsel of the ungodly is the place where decisions are made. Where, you know, your perspective in life is shaped. The counsel of the ungodly. Bible says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In the multitude of counsel, there is safety. That means you should, every man belongs to a certain counsel. David said, the man who is not in the counsel of the ungodly, that man will be blessed. You are a Christian, but your counsel is an ungodly counsel. You are in the counsel of the ungodly. What's the counsel of the ungodly? Number one is the counsel of the unbelievers. Another counsel of the ungodly, which is non-believers, is believers who take counsel from the world so there's a there is a counsel of the ungodly so over there you are not looking at what pleases god you're looking at the things that god loves you're not looking at the things that god likes that counsel of the ungodly every time they are giving advice they are not giving advice from scripture they are giving advice based on what they have seen in the world counsel of the ungodly they are telling you to date a guy because he has Rasta hair. You are looking for who to, who to settle down in life with and you went to talk to foolish people. Counsel of the ungodly. He said that one, you will walk away from blessing like that. No wonder some people have gotten into, into, into problem because they did not seek counsel. They did not seek counsel. Let me tell you one thing that helped in my life is seeking, I, I ask questions, I seek advice. I seek counsel, of course, from the right people. Because blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, the word walk over there is talking about, you know, you know, taking their counsel and living by it. Taking their counsel and living by their counsel. It is a counsel of the ungodly. I ask questions. I remember my company, I started a company right in fact it was so quick that i even got the contract before i finished registering the company because when the person told me that he's looking for someone to do this contract, i said i can do it i said my company can do it at that time i've not even finished registering the company <laughs> because i could actually do it no you must you must be very sharp in this accra you you want to be a very you, you want to be a business person and someone comes to tell you that um i'm looking at someone who can supply me uh, chamber pots you are saying, ah, uh, there is some at Accra. You are not serious. There is no some at Accra. I said, oh, my company does it. My company does it. Meanwhile, you have never supplied one chamber pot before in your life. But Munele tell you, Munele said, okay, so give me two days, I'll supply it for you. So within those two days, you have to do shabo shabo movement. We all in this Accra, we put 50 million face shield.
cell of the ungodly. So, what did I do? When I, I told the woman, she said, yeah, the contract was almost about 100,000 Ghana CD. I said, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. Now, I didn't have, I, at the same time, I was calling for I said, register this company for me. Register it for me. As I was doing that, I was now studying. I was asking people, okay, so, eh, so when you do a business like this, and this one, what do you do? Then, one time I went for one of the meetings, the guy mentioned a certain kind of tax that I didn't know about the tax. Immediately, I called the tax person. I said, what's that? Then the next time I went to sit in a meeting, look, I stay by counsel. You cannot know everything alone. There's godly counsel. You want to marry somebody? Why? You love her. You are not serious. You have not asked for counsel. Is it not, is it not funny? It's, it's not, is it funny? When they mention relationships and the young people are like, yeah. When they mention marriage, I see how the married people want to, they, they want to run away from them. It's, it's funny. It's like how when we were young and we wanted to grow and now we have grown and we want to be young. It's the same thing. And no, almost like, It's It's like this. The same way. People are in a hurry. I want to marry. I want to marry. I want to marry. And those who are married want to divorce. I think we should go and ask questions. Why do they want to divorce? Let's go and ask questions. Instead of running into the same walls that they run into. I think we should go and ask questions. Counsel. Seek counsel. I was like, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. He said, bless the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The quickest way to grow by faith, the quickest way is to find men of faith and be their friends. When you read the Bible, Solomon was a very wise man, but he had a counsel who advised him. A, a man that God, you know, a man that God had given wisdom, yet he didn't take his decisions alone. He had people, people who were taking decisions with him. Proverbs 11 verse 4, where no counsel is, the people fall. Listen, where no counsel is, the people fall. If these men, these men who came from Egypt, had a counsel, when they saw those things, they would sit down and they would deliberate. And if the greater number agreed by faith, they would be able to convince the rest and say that, no, we can take this land, we should not... Now, that small mistake they made, it made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Something that they should have been 40 days. Something will happen to your faith when you are in the wrong counsel. The counsel of the ungodly. It's a faith destroyer. The counsel of the ungodly is a faith destroyer. Blessed is the man. That man who walk in the blessing. He said, blessed is the man who walketh not. Because you know, we like to quote the verse. He's like, he's, he's like a tree. Planted by the rivers of waters. They will be dancing. Dancing and shouting. Oh, he shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of waters. Whose leaves do not wither. We are dancing. What we don't realize is that this one is so connected to verse 1. In verse 3, it talks about that this is the blessing the person sees. 
how is it affected say blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly he says nor standeth in the way of the sinners what is the way of the sinners number one is the counsel of the ungodly it affects your faith Number two, the way of the sinners. The way of the sinners also affects your sin. What's the way of the sinners? The lifestyle. The sinners. The lifestyle. Of those who, we know the Bible talks about sinners. It's not about who are sinning because a Christian is not a sinner. A Christian is the righteousness of God. Talking about, way of the sinners, talking about the people who are not saved. He said, no, stand it in the way of the sinners, the way of the sinners, how they like to do their things. How the people of the world like to do their things. He standeth in the way of the sinners. He joins other unbelievers to insult men of God. You are standing in the way of the sinners. That's the way of the sinners. He joins unbelievers to call men of God thieves. He joins unbelievers to speak against titan and offering. He's standing in the way of the sinners. Or that he doesn't know what he's doing, he's corrupting his faith. His faith will never win. Number three, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. This one is very, very important. I'll close with that one. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. What is the seat of the scornful? The seat of the scornful is the seat. It's like at the market square where people sit down. What do they do? They mock. What is, what is that? Gossip. Gossip. Gossip will weaken your faith. Gossip will so weaken your faith. I know this by scripture and by experience. Gossip will destroy you. Write it down. And it's not a case. It is the truth of the word of God. Let me tell you this. There are some places God will never let you enter if you cannot close your mouth. You will never enter there. Even you know, when it comes to even visions, when it comes to visions, there are things God will never show you if you don't know how to shut up. Because you can, as a prophet, you can hold a vision for 10 years without saying it. Something God showed you because it is not time to say. There are some times I've come to church and I've seen something about somebody. While I'm about to say, Holy Ghost says, Stop. I'll tell you when to say it. One time I was ministering in church, it was one of the all nights. I saw one lady at the back, and the, the picture I saw was like a snake, something. What I saw, what the Lord said to me that this girl, this girl has a spirit that makes her a lesbian. Okay. 
I wanted to call her. Olugo said, no, hold on. You say it. Don't call me. I'm truthful. Have I seen her again? No. But the Holy Ghost did not permit me to say it at the time. There are things you are not permitted to say at certain times. It's like the seat of the scornful. People, when we talk about gossip, I'm not just talking about gossiping about your leaders or something. No, gossiping about your friends. It will weaken your faith. Gossip is something you should repent from because it is called slander. If you ever read the, 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 the story of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, when they saw, when Ham saw the nakedness of his father, I think maybe we should read that, that verse of scripture. Genesis chapter 9. He said, verse 22, And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their, fathers, and, and their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. Verse 24. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done unto him. How, how did he know what his youngest son had done to him? It was by revelation. But this man was drunk. Oh. Hmm. Don't joke with fathers. <laughs> a father can be drunk. A father can be in the worst state. And still alter your destiny. And he said, Cursed be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. For what? For doing what? What did the guy do? Verse 22. He just saw his father's nakedness. He did not even laugh. You know, sometimes when people tell the story as though Ham laughed at his father. He did not even laugh. All he, the problem he did over here, well, the, his problem right now is that he just told his two brothers. That was his problem. His problem is that he told his two brothers. So, his brothers, instead of his brothers also going to tell somebody, his brother decided to cover it. And they catch the matter there. Oh, so Ham could have also gotten oh Jesus Ham could have also gotten this honor by seeing it and covering it and cutting it short there and Ham the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without when people tried to gossip to me I said don't cripple me don't destroy me you're about to destroy me. I'm about to see the person differently. You're about to destroy me. You're about to destroy me. Help me. Let me keep the purity of my heart. You know, one of the things God has blessed me with eh, is that I cannot hold a grudge. I'm just, I'm just thankful to God. I don't know how to hold a grudge. I don't know how to be bitter. I, oh, I don't, I, can, I don't know how to hold a grudge. I cannot hold a grudge. My heart will even, my heart will be will be hit, hit, hitting me. Uh, my heart will be doing some way. If I'm not talking with somebody, I, I, even if the person I don't know how to go the grudge. I don't know how to do it. God has given me some childlike heart 
I'm just thankful to him. Some childlike heart. It's so childlike. It's like I'm like I'm like a little child. You do something against me. It's not like children. They will fight. The next five minutes, they are buying watching together. <laughs> but they, these people were fighting as though they would kill themselves. You know, that's how I am. To destroy me. I don't. The Bible says that to the pure, all things are pure. See, to the pure, all things are pure. That means nothing is impure. You are the problem. I didn't get it. No, I'll end with that scripture. I'll end with that scripture. Titus chapter 1, verse 15. Unto the pure, all things are pure. That means there is nothing impure. There is nothing impure. You are the impure person. That you keep finding problem in church, you are the problem. That you keep finding a problem in yourself, about yourself, you are the problem. You are the problem. And uh, men are trash. You are the trash. The day you become pure, when you even see the wrong thing, you will find a way to explain it. You will give people benefit of the doubt. I told somebody something. I said, and I'm not even joking. I said, me, me, if I go to a room and I see a man on top of a woman, I will still say they were playing. You were not doing anything. I, I, I will still say they were playing until I see something enters something. I would never think i'm not joking no. i would never think they were doing it and 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 i'm not joking no. you some people think i'm intentionally no that is how I, why should i think he's doing something bad you went to your friend's house your friend was just sitting with a lady you have concluded that he slept with her no 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 it's very serious today you didn't even see the person in the person's household the lady was just walking behind the garden you say these people by all means this girl will enter this guy's house but you got this guy will enter this guy's house and something is going to happen you, you, have, you have already I, after service i saw franklin and one lady from the choir they took the same taxi only god knows what happened see every thief thinks everybody wants to steal from him show rama you know the word of god is producing changes in your life see it's producing changes in your life and allow it to change you Allow it to alter things in your life. Allow it to alter things in your life. See, eh, the girls slept over in the boy's house. It doesn't mean they did something. Why have you? Uh, is it every girl who sleeps in your house that you 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 you? Hmm. No, let me say it raw. Is it every girl who sleeps you that you eat? Are you that perverted? Why are you not thinking that? Oh, the girl went there and she didn't have money to go back. And the guy to his mama was not working. Give people excuses. Are you anybody who, who went to somebody's house? Once it's 11 p.m., he person went to the person's house. They, they have done something. Lift your hand and thank the Lord. Father, we bless you.